Hey everyone, Amber Archer here. Are you looking for an eye-opening, inspiring movie night? Join Mark and I for a captivating evening at Maranatha Glory in Napanee, Indiana, November 11th at 6 p.m. as we delve into the thought-provoking topics of transgenderism through our new movie, Dysphoria. This is your chance to see our latest documentary before it hits the streaming platforms next year. Grab your friends, family, church members, and anyone else who desires to have their eyes opened to the transgender deception targeting the youth in America and around the world. Mark and I will be available for a brief Q&A after the movie. Now's your chance to come out and support local missionaries advancing the kingdom through feature films. Tickets available at dysphoriamovie.com or text the word TICKETS to 80888 for easy access. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. Call me Mr. Lamfry. <laughs> you can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. All right, it is a new, new season, new episode. I'm Mm -hmm. excited. Yes, new season. So we're going to talk about something other than transgenderism for a while. Yes, and we are excited to wrap up uh, Meet the Cast. So Mm -hmm. if you are interested in hearing more about the transgenderism issue, because that's what we have been devoting all of our time and research to at least the last two and a half years. Yeah. So. Yes, it's still a very relevant topic, of course. That's what Dysphoria is all about. Our new movie, Dysphoria, if you haven't heard. Yes, and we want you to have an opportunity to see that. In the meantime, let's talk about something else (gasps) here on this here podcast. Yes. Because we love that you guys listen, whether you're in the car, on your way to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of you now, some of you, I know, Uh I know, listen to this early in the morning. (laughs) You're everyone's problem. So thank you for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you guys so much. It's good to know we're not the only weird ones that get up really early in the morning. Exactly. Some of you guys get up three o'clock and then you're listening as soon as we post it. So if you're listening to this early, early in the morning, welcome. Good morning. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Get out of here. What movie was that from? (laughs) Paul Blart. Oh, my gosh. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) Safety never takes a holiday. Okay, so we're moving on anyway. Okay. So we're going to talk about um, current events. Okay. And future events. Okay. Right? So um, it's obviously, so we don't, this is kind of new for us, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to start today by sharing a, um, a Sunday school class session mm-hmm. with someone that I've known my whole life, uh-huh. <laughs> my dad. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we first met. Yeah. I was, I was wondering if you wanted to tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. So when we first met, um, and if you have not heard our full testimonies, We'll leave links to probably the best version of it is with Heidi St. John. Yeah. And we got together and I was running from the Lord. You were not. Didn't know the Lord. You you were trying to find the Lord. Uh-huh. And one of the things that you said early on was that you wanted to go to church. Uh-huh. And I was not interested in going back to church. <laughs> hadn't, dun, been dun, there dun. A, hadn't been there in a while, but uh, you insisted. And so we went to the church that I grew up at, which is still our home church now. And uh, we walked in, and you want to tell them how this Yes, went? and so, mind you, I am 25 years old, lived a wretched life, um, and so I carried a lot of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I knew that I wanted to go to church. And the reason I wanted to go to church was because everyone I ever saw at church— I wondered and I desired and I wanted what it was, why they were so happy all the time. And so going to church was like key number one for me. I wanted to go and figure this out. 
You were going, who are these people? <laughs> exactly. Like, what do they have? I want what they have. Right. And so we went to church, but I was so afraid that people were going to ask me what I did. Uh, it was it was not honorable, not God honoring whatsoever. Uh, living in the full sinful desires of the world, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. And so we were turning around and we were leaving the building. Right. We were walking out of church and I thought, oh my gosh, no. And you said to me, hey, my dad teaches a class upstairs. Do you want to go? And I was like, okay. <laughs> it, it wasn't really in that tone, though. It was more, well, my dad teaches a class. Yeah, it was. It was more of <laughs> that. But we went in and they, with open arms, accepted me mm. and loved me and they... We have been there since, what, 2006? Mm-hmm. They have been our class. Now, mind you, when we started in that class, the average age was probably... Mm, 65 or so. 65. So we're still there. Yeah. You know, and we're still, still growing. Prob- we're still probably the youngest ones in that class. Probably. But Besides from our children. I mean, we got three generation of archers in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the, this this is our class that that my dad has taught for decades, decades. and together as a as a couple, um, we have grown under the teaching of not only my dad but other other people at that at the church. Um, but this is this is just we, we would get this. What you're going to hear is the 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 depth of teaching that we have been getting on a regular basis for all of these years. Because one of the questions that people always ask is, well, where, who do you, who do you listen to? What do you study? How do you study? Well, we have learned to study by learning from the model and example that has been given to us over, I mean, your whole life, but you know, the decades that we've been together. Yeah. So verse by verse, basically, and one of the things that uh, that my dad has has demonstrated over and over again is um, not only his profound ability to teach the scriptures, but um, the depth that he that he studies mm-hmm. and he brings that to the teaching. And he did a <clears throat> he has done several series through the years on Bible prophecy, which is what we want to talk about in this series because what's happening in the world today, of course, has a lot of people questioning and freaking out, freaking out, starting to live in fear. Right. And as Christians, we should, we should be aware, we should be educated, but specifically we should not be afraid. Mm -hmm. We, we don't need to fear what's happening. We need to see it for what it is. And understand, and it's pretty amazing, actually, how many Christians, I think, you know, by no fault of their own, uh, just don't understand. They don't have a really good understanding of the end times, the order of things and what mm-hmm. things mean. You see a lot of people that they they get things kind of out of context. And, and um, so we want to try to help resolve some of that. Mm-hmm. So we thought thought that we would start with, um, so a couple of weeks ago, my dad did a lesson deviating from, from Ephesians, which, which we're in right now. And he wanted to talk specifically about current events. So this was right after uh, the Israel was attacked. Right. And I, and I will say uh, you can find, all of these studies, years worth mm-hmm. of biblical studies on his website, timelesstruthfortoday.com. Right. right. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And um, and also to understand this, you're going to want to uh, you're going to want to download uh, the study notes that go with this. There are two charts, and we will put those in the show notes. Links to those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you can understand when he's talking through the series of end times events. Okay. So make sure that you download those uh, to reference while he's going through, because he's got, 
He's got scriptural references for every single point on the timeline that he's going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, um, prepare yourself for some in-depth teaching with my dad, Bill Archer. (laughs) And uh, then we'll have him on the show. And then we're going to have him on the show. I think next week we'll have him on and we're going to ask a lot more questions. And, Mm -hmm. And if you listen to this and you've got questions, send them to us. Yeah. Where can they send them? You can find us at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash contact, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. Okie dokie then. So without any further ado, here is my dad, Bill Archer. Well, this has been quite a week that we've had, experienced. Um, And I thought that... Uh, in view of the news and everything that's involved, there is certainly uh, no one can cannot be concerned about what's happening because it's not only uh, involves the nation of Israel; it also involves us, um, as as has been demonstrated by uh, the statements and. And now the, the presence of two aircraft carriers in that area. Uh, so I, I just thought it was um, prudent this morning to, to pause for a few moments and just uh, consider some scriptures regarding the nation of Israel because uh, you see a, a huge battle going on in the news trying to gain uh, control of the news and the rhetoric and um, are you for Israel? Are you for Hamas? Are you, why, why is that true? Everybody's terrible. Um, and so I just thought, you know, we ought to kind of refresh ourselves a little bit on the scriptures and, and see just uh, what is happening. Uh, just to make sure that everybody understands, we the sheet uh, that I handed out is a sheet that we had uh, the last class time, and uh, we will ultimately be getting to back to Ephesians uh, chapter four, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll do that uh, here this morning. But before that, I want to uh, have us pause and take a look at scriptures as it deals with, amazingly, the prophecies uh, that were given in the Old Testament, specifically, as it deals with the nation of Israel and what you see on the news every day, every minute. And uh, we'll just kind of review that as we go. All right, I'd like to have you turn to Genesis uh, chapter 12. Uh, One of the questions that has been bubbling around, uh, specifically on the news channels, is... Uh, Israel should be wiped off the map. That is, uh, that is the position of Iran and Hamas and, and Hezbollah and all of those that are in that camp. Um, th- this is not a situation where it is, um, that, that it's just a battle. Uh, you understand that the stakes here, as far as Israel is concerned, is complete obliteration off the face of the earth. There will be no more Jews, period. That is their position. And it seems like for those of us who know the Lord is Savior, we hold the scriptures as being the answer. And so in Genesis chapter 12, I want to uh, call your attention to the birth of the nation of Israel. And it kind of comes down to this. This is, this is basically the heart of the matter. If you are ambivalent about whether you're supporting this side or that side, it's probably very important that you understand who God's for. 
Isn't that right? If you're going to pick a side, I'd pick the side that's going to win. And I want to show you the verse that there's just so much that is built into this uh, verse in in, uh, Genesis chapter 12. Um, And we talked about some of this before, but it's just a uh, really good time to refresh. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. Now look at verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. Do you see that? I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. Now, that tells you which side you should be on. Everybody got it? There, I mean, there's absolutely no question. There's no, there's no argument about the verses. There's no argument about who is talking about. It is absolutely clear. God says to Abram, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And that, of course, is the nation of Israel. I am going to bless them. I am going to bless everyone who blesses them. And I am going to curse everyone who curses them. And then in the very last part of verse 3, a part of that verse that is often uh, not, not emphasized is very important to you and I. And the one and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed and what's that talking about jesus. talking about jesus talking about christ the messiah here god is is telling abram in effect i am going to send the messiah through your people the people of Israel, and all the people of the earth shall be blessed. So Daniel chapter uh, 9, starting at uh, verse 24. This is the angel Gabriel who came and talked to Daniel. And this is uh, very interesting uh, because we find out later that Gabriel is the angel um, named an archangel which is the highest class of angel and his responsibility his charge is to watch over the nation of Israel Uh, that is uh, disclosed to us in the book of the the revelation Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 these are the words of Gabriel Seventy weeks, and the word weeks means literally a group of seven. It could be seven days, seven years, seven months, seven thousand years. It could be any, it's a, it's a group of seven. Um, we don't know what the group of seven is yet in this passage, but it becomes very clear that each group of seven is seven years. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people. Who's that? Israel. And your holy city. Who's that? What's that? Jerusalem. Uh, To finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat 
even in times of distress. Then, after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. I'm going to stop right there, and we're just going to look at this chart real fast and and understand uh, these verses. Here's the... Here's the group of 77s, 69 sevens. Seven sevens plus 62 sevens is 69 sevens. And that's 483 years, which is also 173,880 days. And that is how specific the scripture is and how specific this, uh, uh, this whole timeline is. The decree given to restore and rebuild Jerusalem is recorded in Nehemiah 2, verses 1 through 8, and that is found uh, to uh, by historians to be March the 5th in the year 444 B.C. That is when the Anointed One comes. That is the triumphal entry. That is when the the Messiah is presented to the nation of Israel as their Messiah. And what do they do? They reject. They reject him. So after that, the Messiah will be cut off. That's the cross. And the next event that is recorded in Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 26, part B, is that Jerusalem and the temple are going to be destroyed. And that happened in AD 70. The Romans came in and just literally wiped everything off. They tore the temple down block by block. Jesus talked to his disciples and he said, do you see this temple? There will not be one stone left on top of another and by the way these stones were like I mean these stones were just mammoth and yet they tore it down just exactly the way it says now I want to show you where you are right now this morning in this prophecy this is all history 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 and then what does it say at the end of this at uh, the end of this passage and if you look at uh, verse 26 um, after 62 weeks the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing and the people of the prince who will come and that's the nation of uh, the, the Romans, the Roman government, that's the people of the city uh, that destroyed in A.D. 70. And its end will come with a flood. Just, I mean, it's just going to come like a, like a flood, literally. It just sweeps away everything. And its end will come with a flood even to the end even to the end, what is determined? There's going to be what? Wars. Are we at the end yet? Not quite, but we're getting awful close. So we're somewhere between A.D. 70 when Jerusalem was destroyed and we're somewhere between there and the end and Wars are determined. Has anybody noticed anything this week? War will continue until the end. And desolations have been decreed. What's a desolation? Pardon? Be anybody there? Desolation is wiped out. Desolations have been determined. It's not like it's not like you look at the news or you read the paper or something and you say, "Well, how how can this be? This is out of control." No, it isn't. 
It's not out of control. God knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows what has already happened. He knows what's going to happen. He decreed it, and he wrote it down and told us. He said, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be desolations. So when you hear all this, there is a there is a sense in which I'm guessing that everybody in this class, if we if we made a poll and everybody was honest, everybody would say, over this past week, I've really been depressed. I've really been depressed. I have. I know what's going to happen, and I'm depressed. But it helps if you know what else is going to happen. And if you know why it's going, why it is happening. For Israel, war will continue right up until the end. Israel, Israel is going to just suffer immensely. And you see all kinds of, um, Riots and uprisings and so forth, trying to say, "Here's what's, here's what's happening, and here's why this is happening." Because Israel is such a terrible, 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 terrible nation. Let's look at another slide. This is part of another uh, of a of a separate slide on the end times. And this has particularly focused on the book of the Revelation. And we're just going to look at this real fast. This has the birth of Christ at A.D. 0. Um, and it may, and that, and the birth of Christ may be off a couple years. Um, Passover happens in A.D. 33. Um, that's when the, the cross happens, that's when Christ is crucified then you have the resurrection that's the next thing on the list uh, the resurrection occurs in, and it's recorded in Acts chapter 1 and 2 and then 50 days later and that's recorded in Acts 1 8 and in Acts 2 1 through 3 we have Pentecost which is the birth of the church And I just want to emphasize here again, we've talked about this many, many times, but I just want to to emphasize this again. The church is not Israel. I see that and I hear that so many times and I just think, no, no, no. The church is not Israel. The church is a new organism. It never existed. The church is, the church is never talked about in the Old Testament. It, it isn't even there. It's only talked about in terms of a few types here and there that you never would understand. And we know that because the Bible says it's a mystery. It, we never understand it until we get to the point where we are saved and we have the full scriptures in our hand, and then we can look back and with 2020 hindsight we can say, oh yeah, there it is. The Holy Spirit is given to the church. One of the major things that is different about this is that when a person is inducted, I can use that word, into the, into the church, that person is immediately filled permanently indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That never happened in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit comes into a believer, indwells a believer, stays in a believer forever, never leaves. That never happened to Israel, and in fact it never is going to happen to Israel. This ushers in the time that is called the church age. It is, it is the church age because A, it's not Israel. B, it's not the Old Testament. And C, it's the church age because the Lord says it's the church age. So after 
um, the day of Pentecost, and you can record, this is all recorded in, in the book of, of Acts. When you get to A.D. 70, uh, the, the, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple occurs there. And in A.D. 95, the next thing that on, the, on the scriptural calendar, in A.D. 95, uh, John is on the Isle of Patmos, and he is given by the Holy Spirit. He is given the book of the Revelation, which is the last book of Scripture. There is no more Scripture after this. doesn't exist. If you hear anybody say, Thus saith the Lord, and they're not saying it from Scripture, then walk out. They don't have any more Scripture. There isn't any more. Revelation chapter 22. <clears throat> Don't add anything to this book or God will add all the plagues that are in the book to you. Don't take away anything from the book. The book is done. And isn't that great? I mean, you and I have it all. We have the whole written Word of God. Now, does that mean that we know everything that God knows? No. We know everything that God has given us. And what he says is that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You don't need anything else but this book. But you do need the book. You do need the book. So the next thing that is on the list after this, the revelation is given to John. And I want you to turn to the book of Revelation chapter 1. And we're just going to touch on a few of the things that that God gave uh, to John on the Isle of Patmos on this last book. And we want to see uh, what he says here about the about the uh, the way things are going to happen the, in John uh, Revelation chapter one, the revelation to John, the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you look down at, at verse seventeen, and we'll kind of just pick it up there, and I saw him that is Christ, and I fell at his feet as a dead man. And he laid his right hand on me, saying, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Now look at verse 19, because this that verse... Verse 19 is so important. It's a verse. It's, uh, I've heard it described this way, and I, and I like it so much that I've adopted it. So you can say Bill Archer's. This is Bill's. <laughs> the keys to the book of the Revelation are hanging on the front door. That's something you can write down. That's a good. That's good, right? The keys to the book of the Revelation are hanging on the front door. Look at verse 19. This is Jesus telling John what he is supposed to write. Verse 19. Write therefore the things which you have seen. Stop there. What is it that he has seen? Revelation 1. Verses 1 through 18. He sees Jesus. He sees him as he he is God. And he falls down before him as a dead man. Right there for the things which you have seen. So John wrote them down. He wrote them down. 
and in addition to that and the things which are now those of you who have studied this before if you look at Revelation chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 what is it that is our what what are we talking about here? The churches, the seven churches. In the, in the next few verses, you see the word church mentioned. Um, I forget the exact number. I, I get that wrong. I think it's 23 times. You can look at it in, in every verse or every other verse talks about the church, the church at Ephesus, the church, the church, the church at Philadelphia, the church, the church, all of those things about the church. And by the way, while you see all of those references to the church, what is it that you do not see? Any reference to whom? Israel. Nothing about Israel. Nothing about Israel. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Church, 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 church. No Israel. Why? What is God's focus in this age? The church. It's the church. Verse 19. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are the churches, and the things which shall take place after these things. After what things? The church, the church, the church, the church. After these things, what's going to take place? Well, let's find out. Turn over to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. And guess what? How does it start out? The first verse in Revelation chapter 4. After these things. After what things? The church, the church, the church, the church. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, the church at Ephesus, the church at Philadelphia, the church at what? After these things. I wrote down my notes from a previous lesson you said the word church was used 30 times okay 30 times sorry it's gone up since 23 (laughs) okay so chapter 4 after these things I looked who's the I John after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open, where? In heaven. Well, for crying out loud, how can that be? Is there actually a door in heaven? Apparently, there is. A door in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet, speaking with me, and we could go back and study the trumpet and see how the trumpet relates to this event. The trumpet uh, he heard, and and the sound of a trumpet uh, speaking with me said, what? Come up here. Come up up where? In heaven. So John is on earth, and he And we get to the end of chapter 3, and he sees, I looked, and behold, a door was standing open in heaven, and the first voice, which I had heard like a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place when? After these things. (laughs) After what things? The The church. And by the way, chapter 4. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. The word church is not there anywhere. It is not there. Chapter 1, 2, and 3, who's, all, who's it all about? Church. The church. 
chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It's not about the church anymore. It's about Israel. 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 So much fearfulness and 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 lack of understanding is all wrapped up in that if you bel- if you go through the book of revelation and study it look from chapter 4 5 6 7 8 9 10, you're going to see some absolutely horrible things and if you read those things and say, "Oh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to read this because I don't, I want to, I just don't ignore that. I can't stand even look, folks. If you're part of the church, you ain't going to be there. You're going to be in heaven watching it. And I'm, there's been questions about are we watching it or not? Um, I don't know whether we're going to be up there watching it or not. I think we're going to see it. We're going to see it because we're going to see the dead who are martyred during that tribulation period are going to be coming up and they're going to be crying before the throne. How long is it going to be, Lord, before you avenge our blood? Um, But the church isn't there. Chapter 4, verse 1 describes it. Come up here and I'll show you what happens after the church. So, I want you to do one more thing for me. Turn to Ephesians. Uh, That's, by the way, that's the book we're actually studying. (laughs) Ephesians chapter uh, 6. Now, so far, everything that Paul has listed has all been defense. Right? Right? He doesn't say, get your Colt 45 out, (laughs) get get your hand grenade out. You don't have any. But what God has given you is enough armor to completely protect you if you will use it. And he says here, take the helmet of salvation and... The last one is the only one that is in any way aggressive. You you don't you don't hit your enemy with your helmet, and your shield only just stops the darts that he's been throwing at you. But this one is the sword, and everybody says, "Yes, I got something to fight with." And what is the sword? The Word of God. The Word of God. And I want you to stop for a moment and think back to the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. And if you go back and look at those temptations that he, Satan, threw at Jesus, those are the temptations that the in type that he is going to throw at you. He didn't have any new things. He's recycling all the old stuff because all the old stuff worked. He used it on Adam and Eve. Worked pretty good there. He's been using it down through the ages, and boy, he's got it home to a fine detail. He knows exactly how to do it. But you have the sword of the spirit every time Jesus was tempted what did he respond to Satan it is written it is written and folks if you don't pick up it is written when he comes at you with those tests and temptations you're not going to make it But if you use the word of God, he will flee from you. And by the way, there's an interesting study. I think it's I think it's right here on on this one. Um, The the word sword is actually translated into English 
you will find the word sword trans, uh, translated in English uh, as sword, but there are actually two Greek words behind that. Both of them, unfortunately, happen to be translated as sword. They're both the same. One of the words, and I'm not going to give you a Greek lesson here because I can't, One of the words is the big, long sword that they would ride on a horse and come along and whop people's heads off. I mean, that that was the sword. That's not the word here. The word that's here is, it's on that study sheet, it basically, in English, would be closer to a dagger. It is a uh, sword that's about 18 inches long, about that much, and it was specifically designed in the Roman uh, army. It was specifically designed for hand-to-hand combat. This is not something where you're riding by and and an offensive. This is this is where all that has failed, and you are now face to face with your enemy, and the only thing you have in your hand is this dagger. And what is the dagger? The word of God. And what? And how do you use it? It is written I mean sometimes sometimes when you're faced with things that you you know nobody knows except you <laughs> and you're faced with that and, and all of a sudden the scripture verse pops into your mind and you just think you know that's don't ignore that don't ignore that. When the Word of God pops into your mind, it is the Spirit of God who is handing you the sword. And I I have to say that I have to confess to you, uh, of, of all the things that are listed here as the armor, the one that I struggle the most with is this one. And the reason I struggle with it is not because I don't know it and I don't have it. I don't use it. I just, I don't use it. And when you don't use it, you're going to fail. You're going to, you're going to get it. And... It is by His grace that He has, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and do it with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. I hope you're praying for me. I'm praying for you. And I hope you're praying for other people in this class. Because, folks, we're we're getting hit. And during this time of trial for Israel, we are going to be tested. I've already had people... Uh, input uh, from from our class that basically said, well, you know, I saw this on television, I saw this on television, and all these people are, are picketing against Israel. Should we be for Israel? Oh, my goodness. Do you want to be on the right side? <laughs> Do you want to be on the winning side? I... I think I do. If you if you look back there at that uh, verse, he it says the fiery darts, plural, and I think uh, it's it's kind of like what is being uh, what you are going to see on the news, where the enemy is just they're not lobbing a, a missile, they're they're lobbing. 
5,000 at one time. Just trying to overwhelm. And I feel like that is a good example of exactly what you're saying, Marty, of 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 what we are being faced with as Christians we are being bombarded not not just with a but with multiple things that are just coming at us and we just have to be very careful what we let in just have to be very careful what does it mean by praying in the spirit like as I was praying this week I didn't know how to pray because I know God is judging Israel, there's wars, and, and I just really didn't know what to say. And I was just like, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to say how to pray about this. Uh, Beth, I think uh, my best understanding of this, and I, and I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to put too much on it, but my best understanding is when you're at that point where you're faced with something that is so overwhelming, you don't know how to pray, that's when the Spirit intercedes for us. He intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. There are sometimes when... Maybe it's a maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's the news. Maybe whatever it is, but it's just like it isn't like a problem that you can just address that problem. It's fifty problems coming at you at once, and you and you just say, "Lord, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what." I don't know what you want me to do, but by God's grace, I'm just surrendering it to you and asking you to to direct it. And I think that that is praying in the spirit as best we can. That's my best judgment. So, okay, a lot to digest there. Uh And so you're going to want to probably spend some time, go back through the charts. If you haven't downloaded those, go and download those and then go back and re-listen. Um, and if you want to get ahead of the study, you can go to his website, timelesstruthfortoday.com, and you can find weeks, months worth of material right. <laughs> <laughs> on end times prophecy. Uh-huh. And, um, and in the meantime, uh, if you're just a casual listener, don't be afraid. Be encouraged because this is exactly what the Lord said was going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Do we know specifically that this, you know, what this conflict in the Middle East is is leading to? No, we don't know the timing of it. Remember how the Lord described these end times that they are the beginning of birth pains. Birth pains, and what are what do we know about birth pains? You've had birth pains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they come and go with intensity, right? And um, and 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 frequency, frequency, right? Yeah. So. They they seem to be getting more intense, mm-hmm. but you know it may it all fade die, and subside for a while. It may die down for a while. We yeah. don't know. You know, and you know the one thing that just for people to really take away is under if you know and trust the Lord, mm-hmm. the Lord keeps His promises. Yes, He does. You are safe and secure and held in His hand. Yep. So with that, uh huh. We're out of here. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening through to the end. And be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And share this with your family and friends. Until next time, march on, saints, and be filled with the Spirit. I don't like you because you're dangerous. I am dangerous. You're everyone's problem.